0: Hello, I am John Human, editor of The Investors Chronicle. Welcome back to the Alpha Podcast, where Phil Oakley and I will be discussing some of the most interesting investment stories of the week. And it's been a very busy week on the uh, the, the, the post Christmas trading update front. Um, but you're going to talk about three companies today, Phil, that uh, that really you could uh, you could pick out as lockdown winners: uh, Games Workshop, Frontier Development, and Just Eat Takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, um, let's start with Games Workshop because this is the this is the uh, the, the share everybody loves. Um, an amazing statement, but I think the shares actually fell when, <laughs> when they released these numbers.
1: They they did, um, and you know I think I think they fell because I think they fell fell for a couple of reasons. Um, the ma- the main reason is that the. And I'm not saying I agree with this, but the, the main reason as I see it, is that the the company didn't give any explicit profit guidance for the rest of the year. so it just released a very strong you know a superb set of numbers actually you know it's you know when you when you just if you just sort of recap, I mean they made more profit you know they made more profit in the half year than they did in, in the full year last year and um they they also did a very good thing and they paid they paid the staff a, a 5 million pounds um discretionary bonus as well so it's nice to see companies rewarding their workers for what they've have achieved not there's not enough of that that goes on and it's very commendable for for games workshop to do that and so you know even with that even with having the ability to do that, the, the figures were were superb um, in terms of profitability. And um, I mean, you, I have to say, the more the more I look at this business, the more I'm impressed with it, and the more I'm fascinated by it. And you know, I had a good read, good read of the statement, and and look, looked into it. and you know the the economics behind this business are extremely powerful, um, especially when things are things are going well. And you know there was a thirty percent increase in in production from the from the Nottingham factory, and that allowed that fed through into you know revenue growth and profit growth, and that profit growth came with actually lower costs than it than a year ago. And what what you see is, you know, the benefits of having very, very profitable products in these, these miniatures, miniature figures, fantasy figures. And you get the volume of it and you spread it over a business which has got quite a lot of fixed cost. And then you also have a change in how you sell because the shops are, are shut, the stores are shut, uh, or most of them are shut or have been shut. More of that goes through the internet and trade sale without the costs associated to it. So you get lots of things going in the right direction for you. Now, that's translated into a fantastic set of results. And, of course, everybody asks, as they do, well, what what comes next? And the management have always been fairly fairly cautious uh, in in guiding um, investors to their credit, they do come out and they, they give regular trading updates. Um, But I think they are to an extent, you know, in, in uncharted, uncharted waters here, you know, the, the, this is, this is a combination of two things. I think you've seen a step change in, in Warhammer sales, you know a 30% increase in throughput you know is is massive and i suppose people are trying to get their head round what's causing this there's no doubt in my mind that the levels of customer engagement with this company have been extremely good they're getting better and there's still things for them to do to make it better and this has been going on for the last five years and has been so it's not an overnight success story it's something that's been building and the momentum's been building and it's been building you know across the world you know one of the great attractions of this, this is not a uk story this is a global story particularly in you know the strength in north america but you can see avenues opening up around the rest of the world in china now there's there's seems like there's some good developments going on there but you see the interesting thing is, is how much you know we'll look back on this and we we'll, and, and we'll learn in the in the future how much of this step change in sales is just just a natural process of how how popular warhammer is or is there a lockdown effect you know is there a lockdown effect people are staying indoors doing more things because they can't go out, and I think there's definitely there definitely is a lockdown effect. There must be a long. I mean, I know this because I I, I know this because you know I talk. I've, I have a contact with another privately owned gaming company. I know they are trading their socks off. Uh, so so there's an industry wide trend here, and obviously the sales have gone through the internet, and the profits are up are up massively. And you know you can look at you know publicly quoted company. Look at Hornby. You know Hornby recently put out a very encouraging statement. So Hornby, the hobbies and the Airfix and the Hornby train sets. People are spending cash that they are saving on not commuting or not going on holiday, and companies like Game they're benefiting from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so that's not to d-
0: I, I think you're right. I think that is a, there is a lockdown effect, but I was reading elsewhere the other day that, uh, that, that it's, not, it's not essentially created new business. This is not, it's not create, COVID and lockdown hasn't created something that, that, that wasn't there already. It's just accelerated the path that, that, that perhaps a business like Games Workshop would have taken, uh, but over a much longer period of time. So it's just, it's, it's compressed its growth into a, a short space of time
1: yeah i mean i think what does people say it's brought forward perhaps brought forward um the growth but i think you know to be fair to Gaines' workshop you know a lot of good things have been been going on with this business for a long time now and i think you know i wrote about this uh, a few weeks back and you know when you when you when you go back and you look at businesses and companies you can often see things that in a different way or or see things that you haven't seen before. And I think one of the most impressive things about this, about this business is that is how the trend in selling more of its existing products, it seems to be very good at more of its existing product base and adding new products and new revenue on top. And I think the takeaway from the existing sales is it's telling you that it's you know, it's this is this is the new customers coming on who are going in and buying the back catalog and buying buying what's been there. And it, and this is extremely positive um, in so many ways. And then you just look at what you know, look at what they're doing with the the customer engagement and the, Warham, the Warhammer community.com. Um, this is this has just been for me the, the main. The main reason why we've seen a transformation in this company over over the last five years, and so this this company is no doubt in in very rude health. And you know, you get a statement, and the, and you, the, to get back to the issues, you know, about how much money is it going to make? No, no, nobody knows. Um, the The general the general trend is that it it will be more. <coughs> it's just a question of. Of, of, of how much how much more? Well, it's, it's about to open and, a big
0: new factory. You know, you can. It's about to open a big new factory, so you would uh, you would assume that, that there is a lot more that it can push through. That there is there is a significant volume of of revenue to add just from that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the company the company's problem really, and it, and it, and it you know it talked about this in, in the statement was that. You know, it's up against capacity. You know, it's put 30% more throughput through its existing facilities. And then it makes comments like, you know, I mean, two really sort of telling comments from the results statement were that it has more out-of-stock items than it would like just because it can't make enough. And its Memphis facility in, um, in America, which is also being expanded, um, I think the quote was it was trading to the limit and so and so the demand the, the demand is there. The good news is that the capacity is coming is coming on stream and I think that once once a second factory is in and it 'll be in and running fairly soon, and the Memphis facility will be moving soon, then you combine that with other things that are going on with the logistics and the supply chain and this company now is fairly well set for the for the next few years in terms of the ability to ability to grow and i think just needs to keep on doing doing what it's doing it has it has a lot of traction here but you know you get state other statements such as like december sales people people have cottoned on to you know december sales were broadly in line with management expectations but they weren't ahead of expectations and so people start reading things, oh, all that, that, that's not good. But you don't know what the management's expectations were. The management's no. expectations may have been for an absolutely cracking Christmas, and it was broadly in line with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a company of this quality, um, I mean, just having a, a peek at your alpha report from this week, the, the, the valuation doesn't look excessive. It doesn't look that punchy. I mean, there, there was a little bit of a pullback, like we said, but not not that significant. Twenty-six times earnings, times forward earnings. That that looks pretty good
1: to me. Depends what depends what profit figure you're basing it off. Uh, I mean, I I, I I had a I I discussed, you know, a, a, I did a sort of guesstimate about what I thought that even tempering down, you know, I, I think the next three months should be pretty good. I mean, there's the release schedule is good. January. There's stuff that was the the stuff that's gone over from December into January. There's other stuff that um, perhaps is not going to be as frequent in the first couple of months of the year, and then we'll build up again. But you've still got this lockdown effect. You've still got this this internet trade sales mix, which is very positive, and then you've still got the leverage effect. You've still got the leverage effect through through the factory, um, which so I think the next three months look pretty good. And then you look at the, the following three months and you're up against half of that last year where the factory and all the shops were shut. So you've got a very soft comparator. So, you know, even if you even if you, so, if you t- take that, you know, you could get a fairly strong third quarter and then you. Let's say the shops open up again and you get a slight moderating of mix and margin. I I I think this company could comfortably do 165 million of pre-tax, which is, you know, 407p a share. And I think current consensus is for about 140 million. But who knows? Who knows? I I, I I'm always surprised by and you know, every time I look at a new bit of information, I, I learn about this business. But bottom line is, is that I think this is a this is a uh, a great British su- success story. And um, yes, they're going to. I think you know, let's 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 be realistic that there will be times when it, you know, it's not going to keep going like this. There has to be a pause for breath eventually. But. This is a company that's in very, very good place. It's a it's a unique asset, um, a unique business. There aren't many other types of business like this that you can invest in on the UK stock market, and um, it's doing very well. Indeed, there are some
0: other good businesses though on the UK uh, stock market. I mean, we we wrote an article in the um, magazine a few weeks ago about British technology companies, or rather, the lack of them. Um, The two biggest technology companies in the UK are both involved in the uh, business of delivering food, uh, Ocado being one of them, and the other being Just Eat Takeaway, and and they had some numbers out this week, and they were extraordinary too. Um, What did you make of these, Phil?
1: Um, In short, I thought, you know, incredibly strong, and uh, I'm not not surprised, Um, but... (laughs) Again, this is this is this is a fascinating business. Um, you know, I don't anyone's surprised that takeaway food delivery is doing well. Um, I think I think the key question for me uh, about Just Eat is, you know, whether it can. Again, you've got this issue of sustainability. You know, what happens when when restaurants start opening up again? And you know, how much how much exceptional and brought forward sales sales have you got? The strategy. I mean, you know, it's a competitive market. You've got you know, you've got Uber Eats, you've got Deliveroo. You're competing with you know restaurant chains that do their own delivery, but it seems that there's a lot of good things going on here in terms of the strategy. You know, they're competing on price, um, and it's definitely that they it's almost like a sort of Amazon type business strategy that they are they are employing. It's like Let's get let's grab the share of the market first through through pricing, investment, and branding. And then we'll then we'll worry about profits later. And it's it's the second bit that probably concerns investors because this 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 is a business that is in something of a hurry. You know, you, you've got the merger of Just Eat and then the company takeaway.com that happened a while ago. That's still being integrated, and then you're still then then they're buying Grubhub, which is a, you know an American American business, and so there's a lot going on, you know. There's a, it's a, the, the pressure and task that management are taking on, is huge, absolutely huge. You have got the investment in the existing business, and then you're integrating two businesses, and then you're taking on another one. You know that you know we we know through history that. Sometimes these things can get a bit messy, so there's a lot of there's a lot of execution risk. I think what investors are concerned about, and I think it's a legitimate concern, is that actually the the gross margins of this business, um, which is you know the commission fees from from restaurants, delivery fees, and you know you take away the cost of the drivers or the bike riders or however they deliver it, it's actually pretty good. It's about just over 60% gross margin. What you've then got to do is is sell enough and get enough volume at that margin to leverage all the investment that you've put in staff costs, IT, marketing, uh, and uh, delivery infrastructure. And I think we will see that, but it's a question of whether it will come through fast enough. And because... (laughs) you know this this is a, this is a share that is priced to be a winner it, it is a it is a dominant dominant market share in the uk and other markets and we know just from the recent experience that these these are the kind of companies that certain types of investors like to bet bet large on you know they're seen as they're seen as you know innovators aggressive disrup- disruptors that go into a market and grab it by grab it by the scruff of the neck and and do it. And I think this is this is what what the long term investment case is. I think that there's there's still something to prove here that they they've got. Pardon the pun. They've got to deliver in terms of the in terms of the you know the, the profitability coming through. But the economics are there. It's it's quite interesting. But well, this is the kind of company
0: that we see you know, a lot more of over in the US and that we complain, uh, that we don't see enough of in, in the UK, I guess as a, as a, as a, as a group of investors, perhaps we in the UK are, are a bit too skeptical. Perhaps we do ask too many questions about these, these, you know, very ambitious and aggressive, fast growing tech companies. Perhaps that's why they don't list here. Um, but yeah, this is, this is, this is, it sounds like exactly the, I mean, I don't use it, uh, really. Um, but it sounds like just the kind of company that we want more of in the UK.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's you know it, it, you know if you actually look at how you know how investing is is changing. I mean people have always been attracted to new companies that promise to do something and you know quite often they end in they end in disappointment. But you know you only have to look at the examples of you know comp- I think the best example of this is you know Bailey Gifford. Um, I don't know whether they own any shares in Just Eat, but it's the kind of it's the kind of company that that they would perhaps look at and see see as something that could be a big winner. You know that you know in I don't know how many years time. It's just an essential part of people's day to day life. Um, like like you know like Amazon has become I don't know whether that's going to happen but it's got that kind of feel to it and um yes I agree with you entirely John I think it's it's nice in some I mean there are you know there are there are companies a lot smaller companies that um on on the uk market but perhaps not with the same kind of uh sort of brand recognition and public public knowledge of that we've got here but yeah it's good to see
0: yeah absolutely. Expensive shares though, nearly fifty times earnings. Uh, but you, uh, you know, if you want to, if you want that sort of business, you have got to pay for it. So we talk about Frontier Development. While uh, we've well, got a few minutes left, it's another very, very good long-standing UK. It is a technology company. It makes computer games. Uh, and it's one you've had had your eye on for a while. As some numbers out this week, there's been a bit, a bit of a disappointment. But uh, your your view is that perhaps that we shouldn't let that worry us too much. I,
1: I like I like this company. Um... I think it's I think it's proven that it can that it can develop computer games video games whatever you want to call them that people engage with and stick with and so it's built up it's been building up a very nice and profitable revenue base from from adding new games over the last Seven eight years, and the pipeline the pipeline is very good. There's a lot been a huge amount of investment um, to develop new games, not just for itself, but for also for to publish games for third parties, and also um, making making games under license. So it has a has a Formula One game coming through in the next year or so. So. You have a you have a core business that is doing well selling more and then you have a very very interesting and sizable growth pipeline that can just make this a, a bigger business that will generate more revenue more profit more cash flow um, what's slightly disappointing is that the you know they've come out this week and say that you know elite dangerous which is their their longest game it's a Sort of space adventure game with loads of loads of moving parts in it, and this was a this was a big upgrade. It's called Odyssey, and it's been eagerly awaited by by players for for a while now, and it keeps getting delayed. And you know, get the, um, Frontier have come out and said, "Look, you know, we've got a bit of teething trouble." We've got a lot of people working at home. It kind of makes things difficult to talk to each other and collaborate and get this game to the level that we want it to be so that it, so that it actually gives customers what they expect. Uh, I, I totally get that. But I think that this is not the first, first delay that's come through. And I think the company has built up a lot of goodwill and also brought on a lot of new players in recent months in the anticipation of this new launch. And it needs to be careful that this, this kind of thing doesn't become a habit. I think you know people, people are buying into the equity story here that certain games are coming at certain times in the future and the company needs to be confident and needs to have the confidence of investors that it can deliver these games when they say they're going to deliver them. I think it's it's got away with it at the moment because the trading of the four the four key games that it's got has been so good particularly over Christmas that even if these the, this, even if Odyssey didn't contribute to to revenues this year the rev, the previous revenue guidance gonna It looks like going to hit that, and with with the game being moved into twenty twenty two financial year, twenty twenty two forecasts actually go up. So so from a from a from a numbers point of view, people looking at the numbers and the forecasts, it looks like they hit this year's numbers pretty much without Odyssey coming in, and then get then get Odyssey next year on top of what they thought they were going to get as well. So. You know, the shares sold off and then they've come back a bit. But again, this is if this company can deliver, um, then the shares are expensive. You know, they're, they're another share that are on 50 times plus. But if the revenue comes through and the and of course, you know, computer games, the cost of distribution is is virtually nothing now because everything's downloadable. So, you know, the, the profitability gross margin is is huge and you get the volumes through and you just leverage the fixed costs of your staff and development team. uh, And hopefully you're away to the races and, you know, what, what looks expensive now on two or three years time starts to look quite good if it comes through. And I think it probably, I think it will come through. Um, Again, you know, we talk about tech and, and things like this and Cambridge where, where frontier developments is based, obviously a, a tech hub and again something something positive um for investors to, to say look you know we've got some good companies here and uh i, I think frontier will will do very well
0: yeah abs- absolutely um i mean you you know you have seen we have seen in the past uh you know com- computer games companies have been very popular with investors and i'm going back <laughs> a long way now and then run into trouble you know the the, the business of making games is is difficult um they they today they're even more complicated than they were to put together you know you're you're right that they need to get games out on time but but I think you know their point they need to get them right as well and you know look at what's happened with Sony and you know the the launch Cyberpunk 2077 which i think accompanied the PS5 launch has been an absolute disaster they did not get that game right and it's caused absolute havoc so i think i think delaying is is a is a good idea if it if it you know, doesn't affect the numbers too much, as you say. What well, what I thought was quite interesting is why they're delaying the launch of this game. Because um, this is the first time I've heard anyone mention that working from home perhaps isn't quite as productive as everyone
1: thinks it is. Well, well, we'll see. We'll, we'll see whether that's just a conv- convenient excuse. I don't know though. What, um, what, what do they? What do they
0: say? They said something like, you know, their, um, you know, the benefits of employee interaction that you would get working in well, in a team environment have have been lost and they and 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 that's that that's actually had an impact on their 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 uh, release schedule
1: well yeah, well what can i say <laughs> <laughs> I, I i do think i do think that you know there is a lot of collab you know you do get a lot of meetings in you know when you're developing stuff and i can i can buy that you lose some of that interaction on a zoom video call or uh, you know whatever whatever you're using uh, I, I don't know it's just some, sometimes it takes a bit longer and and you know I, i've worked you know i've worked for a software company and, it, and like you know you, you try and get things out and then someone will come along and say i don't think this works as well as it won and if we, if we launch this now it's going to go down really badly and Actually, pulling it back and making sure it's right is just just the right thing thing to do. I think the working from home thing is a little bit of a, a red herring. I think the I think that it's just taken them a bit longer to get it how they want it
0: because working from home is more difficult.
1: <laughs> Depends we, what you're doing. Depends we might of, have to, we we might have to doing.
0: agree to disagree on that one, Phil. I know you uh I know you you happily uh, work from your uh, your home office and are very productive, whereas. Uh, Sitting in the middle of a magazine, trying to get everything moving in the right direction, is it's a bit harder to do. It's, I guess, it, yeah, you're right. It depends what sort of job it is you're doing. We'll work it out. We'll work it out. It's, um, it is fascinating though. This, this whole thing is fascinating. And another good company. There, three good companies. What a nice positive way to, uh, to end the podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah. Must try and do it more often. We must.
0: We must. We'll uh, have a have a hunt. See if we can find three more for next week. Been lovely talking to you again, Phil. Um, We'll catch up again next week.
1: All right. Cheers, John.
0: Thanks, Phil. And thank you all for listening. uh, And we'll be back again next week.